comic book pit. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to pittsburghcomics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hello, and welcome to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 371. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Scott. What's up, everybody? And Jared. Howdy do! (laughs) So, uh, just to let you know, at the Comic Book Pit, every week we read some comics. And here's a quick spoiler warning. This is a review show, and we try not to give too much away about the books, but sometimes it just happens, so that's your spoiler warning. And we just want to let you know about our Patreon that we started two months ago, I think. Sound about right? About, about two about months ago. About two months September. ago. Yeah. And you can find that at patreon.com slash comic book pit. And Jared, we have some, some new content going up this week. We do. Uh, myself and Mr. Sean Atkins, the alternate uh, co-host of the comic book pit here, uh, our comic strips. Uh, mine and Credit Man has Hard Lemonade uh, debuted this week on the comic book pit. They used to be on the seven by sevens thing, and now they're on the comic book pit. So you, for a dollar a month, you can gain access to that exclusive content while supporting the podcast. That's right, and that's going to be weekly, right? Weekly, yes. new content weekly, new comic Wednesdays on Comic Book Pit Patreon. I read them today. They were awesome. Thank yep. you, Scott. Yeah. Um, oh, and I just wanted to mention, if if you're a regular listener, maybe you've already found this in your feed, but I've been doing a, a new podcast called The Daily Spinner Rack, and I'm, I started it as part of the National Podcast Post Month Challenge, where the challenge is to post a new podcast episode every day during the month of November. Every day during the month of November, I'm going to be posting a... I'm just randomly picking a comic from my collection. I'm going to talk about it for anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes, and that's going to be it. After November, if these are still if these are going well, if, if doing a daily 5-minute podcast works well into my schedule, because a 5-minute podcast is actually more like an hour and a half worth of work when you, you, know, when you break it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so, you're nuts. I'm gonna say it right now, dang. You know, I think you're nuts. Do it for well, November. Do the little, the little hickey thing, and then just like, well, if, it, if people like it, then do it like once a week. Don't do that. You gotta kill yourself. Well, well, here's here, here's here's what I'm proposing. After November, black and white. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> didn't black and white. After after November, if I'm still if I'm not burned out from doing it, it's gonna be a Patreon exclusive show and it's only gonna be monday through friday not not literally every day i'm just gonna do a monday through friday okay so but yeah like i said after november if i'm still feeling up to it or i i might actually even do it like i might wait until the new year maybe i'll give myself the month of november or i mean month of month of december off because that's going to be the holidays and everything and a hot water and lemon drip (laughs) Just a little bit of honey. Yeah. Um, so, but like I said, we'll see. I'll let, let me get through November 1st and see if I can produce a a little mini comic review every day for the month of November. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've done, I've done five so far. So, you know, fingers crossed. I actually you said, take the last five days of your life and now it's the rest of your life. <laughs> I actually wondered if you were going to count tonight's recording as your episode, as your podcast, but you're doing, you did a separate one as well, a separate review. 
Yeah, it's going to be well. The, to the, so little, you know, little peek behind the curtain. I have actually three more episodes already in the can. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I, I actually yeah. started. I started working on this wow. the last week of October. See, he's he's you know you got to have a buffer. Yeah, I, yeah. I worked ahead. So 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 this is so today is November fifth. I have episodes going up to November eighth. Boom. So as long as I kind of keep that buffer within, you know, one to three episodes, I'll be okay. Well, so speaking of buffers, uh, with these comics, uh, I think they're going to outlive me because <laughs> although I'm being facetious, but I am, if we do eight weeks at a clip with a month off in between, I'm good. I'm good for a while. And it's mm-hmm. good because I, I, uh, I was like, look at me go. And then like the season <laughs> I'm working on now, uh, I've, so I'm on five strips and it's been since the middle of August. I've, since I've been working on this chunk. Mm-hmm. See what happened, Scott? It even yeah. got to me. The <laughs> slowdown happened. Slide the backslide. So Scott, we're just, you know, we're, we're waiting for your, your announcement, you know, your eventual announcement of whatever side project you're going to surprise us with at some point. Cause we're all, we're all doing something. The only thing I've been doing, uh, that I'll mention here is, uh, is repairing GI Joe figures. <laughs> there you go. Uh, kind of, it has Scott's you know, toy hospital. Yeah. If so if anybody has any old Joe's they need repair, uh, let me know. I'll fix them for you. Let's put that out there. Scott Hedlund, battlefield surgeon. <laughs> hey, and, and I can I can attest to his skills. He repaired my my stalker figure. So he still wakes up screaming in the middle of the night, though. <laughs> stalker has a lot of PTSD. Yeah, you didn't yeah, fix them all the way, Scott. Yeah, yeah. put the outside back together, but the inside is still shattered. Yeah. It's going to be a long road for Stalker, but he'll get there. <laughs> he'll He's get attending there. meetings. <laughs> Seeing his counselor, he'll get there. If something's crazy glue can heal. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we've got a ton of comics to talk about tonight. I, I, I think we're just going to jump right into comics because, like I said, we've got a lot and there's little else to talk about out in the world these days that isn't slow com- news completely slow news depressing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Either slow news or terrible news. Take your pick. <laughs> So let's just go with comics. Um, so anyone want to kick us off? I will. I won't. Go for um, it. I uh, went out of town a few weeks ago. And uh, when I usually go up home, I like to stop in and visit my old comic shop. And I did. And I let them talk me into some comics. And uh, I'm glad I did because I enjoyed them both. Uh, first one I read was... I got the first issue. I liked it so much I ended up buying the second issue as well. This new book called Department of Truth from, I believe it's an image comic. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's written by James Tinian IV. Oh. And the drawings are by a fellow named Martin Simmons. Not a book that I would have picked up on my own. I don't even know if I would have like perused the, uh, like the, the preview copies we get sent on my own. Um, but because I was feeling bold, I picked it up. Uh, it's a, so it's kind of one of those, like everything, you know, like you don't know, I, oh, whatever I'm just going to say. So like the premise is like, um, conspiracy theories, like when enough people believe them, they manifest. So it's kind of got like a, like a X files type bit to it. And the artwork is kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like I, I, Bill Sienkiewicz is what it reminds me of, but it's not like Bill Sienkiewicz level of artwork. But it's yeah, definitely, it's very abstract. And that's it's, uh, that's the word I was going to use. Yeah, abstract. And um, but it works. It works really well. And uh, I particularly, <laughs> this is a weird thing that the note, the the word balloons. I like how the word balloons are like the the borders of the word balloons, and then the fill of the word balloons are like staggered. So that they don't quite, you know, they don't line up clean. 
and uh, it it really all of it lends to like this very surreal, otherworldly like aspect that's going on. So like, there's this like secret government agency, and they you know recruit this uh, schmo because he knows some things. So it's kind of got a Men in Black feel as well as that too. And um, I'm, I'm intrigued, but I don't want to give away spoiler. I think I give away enough. Um, yeah, I was going to say kind of, that, that. The whole premise of like when stuff, enough people believe it, it becomes real. Um, super abstract, which abstract for me is time just like, I don't get it because I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> but I, I, I'm able, I, I'm going along with the ride on this one. I mean, enough that I, I bought the second issue as well when it came out. Uh, and I'm interested in it. So I don't know if it's ongoing. I don't know if it's mini. I don't, whatever doesn't matter. I'm long for the ride right now. But I thought it was a really, it was different and it was interesting. And I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I was just going to say that the, the, the last page reveal on issue one was kind of a mind blowing. Yes. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Cause they kind of, in, in hindsight, it's like, oh, that was telegraphed. But because, mm. like, you know, one thing, you don't think of the other thing. And then when you see it, like, Oh, okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. If, 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 if the last page doesn't get you, nothing will. Yeah. And it kind of did. I'm like, all right, I'm curious. And then the second mm-hmm. issue was out. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. I'll give me right. my money. <laughs> is it ongoing or is it just like a limited? I don't know, Scott, you weren't listening. I just said that. <laughs> I don't know if it's an ongoing or if it's a mini. Oh, TinyanStudios.com. Dude's blown up. Oh. It does not say in the indicia if it's what I feel it like, is. I feel like nowadays they're they're ongoing as you know, as long as sales are good and then if if they're not, they're like, okay, well the series is over. It was a mini. That's kind of what got like makes me hesitant. That's why I ask those because it makes makes me hesitate when I don't know because then all of a sudden you're in like the twelfth issue and you're like, wait a minute, why is this still like what's going on here that this I thought this was limited, but it's it just never yeah. ends. Yeah. Well, that's when you make it limited. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't know the end though and it's kind of a bummer. Well but, Scott, we got we we got the first. Uh, we we got the review copy, so you ought to at least check. You ought to check out the first. Yeah, there you go, Scott. There's no no commitment. Check out, check out the first issue, and then if you like it, then you must buy every issue after that. Yeah, that is the rule. That's how it works. I will not read the last page because that's. <laughs> that's <laughs> I will close it. I'll see what all the. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, what's the hubbub? Well, I will make the transition to the next book, Transformers. <laughs> uh, Transformers 84, Secrets and Lies. Um, this is something, this is a, a crazy book. Like, I, I, I don't follow Transformers. I don't follow the IDW stuff because it's so confusing. Um that, that I've just kind of not paid attention to Transformers as a property for years, even though I really do love Transformer, you know, toys and whatnot, and the original series. Well, this actually is um, written by Simon Furman, who wrote the original Transformers, um, the later issues after Bob Babinski, and um, he actually wrote the UK issues of Transformers as well. Um, and art by uh, Guido Guidi, I, I believe is how you say it. It is a great name. Um, but what they've done with this book is they, they've kind of deconstructed the original run of the Transformers, which is why it's the 84, um, the original series, and the UK series, and anything uh, linked to that, that quote-unquote universe. Um, and it's called Secrets and Lies. It's, ter- it's uh, told by um, by a double agent transformer called Punch and Counterpunch. And he actually transforms from Autobot to Decepticon. So he's like a double-double agent. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, 
I never really knew who this guy was. Like, I don't know, or I just didn't remember, but... Oh my god, like, basically Megatron's like, counterpunch, you're the best, because you keep an eye on the Autobots, and he's like, you got it. You got it, Chief. And then he goes to Optimus <laughs> and he's like, here's what I told Megatron. You know? And... And he's just, like, on both sides, like, basically. But I think he's more... So an weird. ...an Autobot. At, at the end of the day, I think he's more of an Autobot than a Decepticon. But he has to make hard choices, you know? And, like, he, he can't blow his cover, so, like, if somebody has to die, they die. You know? Like, wow. He's, he's kind of cold in that way. Um, so, anyway, he tells this story. He's the narrator. He tells it from the point of view of Everything that happened four million years ago when the Autobots first led Cybertron up through 1984 when the Ark was reawoken by Mount St. Helen. And they chronicle it. It, it actually reminds me a little bit of um, the way Ed Pisker did uh, the X-Men. Um, but they chronicle it in chronological order. So... Every event that appears in the old books is in here, but explained in the, you know, in the right um, timeline, in the, in the order that they happened. So um, Simon Furman gets a lot, like, because he wrote a lot of this stuff, he actually gets a chance to explain plot holes and stuff like that. It actually turned out, I, I, I was going to skip it just because I didn't want to get into another Transformers book. Um, but it was great. And um, it was uh, four issues, and they also did a zero issue. And um, I also like that they did a four issue because the original miniseries was only, speaking of books that run on and on and on, the original was only supposed to be four issues, and it ended up running 80 issues. And then it ran, then they brought it back later and it ran to 100 issues. Um, so, you know, it, it's just cool. It just, this book felt like 1984 again to me. Like, this is when I got into comic books. Um, you know, I was reading Star Wars, Transformers, and G.I. Joe. And that's all I was reading. And this was just like, you know, my roots, like coming back. Coming back to the very beginning of, of where it all started for me <laughs> in this downhill uh, adventure. <laughs> so, there you go. Highly recommend Transformers people. A lot of the comics we're talking about this week are either either started as toy properties or, be, or became toy properties because I'm going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, number one which had, I think, like 75 variant covers or something. It makes oh, God. Right. Yeah, it's insane. The, 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 the review copy that we got was 120 total pages. Approximately 45 or 46 of those were the actual story. Is this IDW? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a... Uh... IDW, that's a good way to not make me read your review, your preview copy, <laughs> is to make me scroll through seventy-five pages of variant covers. You know, at least on a, on a digital copy, it's easy to skip ahead. But this is, yeah. this is basically imagine if it was a proper book. It was just like this thick, and you get like two thirds through, <laughs> and then it's all just covers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. No, so this is basically, this is a, a future TMNT story by way of The Dark Knight Returns, basically. It's, and, and it's the first uh, new TMNT story that the original creators, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, have collaborated on in like 25 years. It takes place in the future where only uh, one of the four turtles is still alive. And you don't find out which one it is until the very last, I mean, again, talk about like last page reveals because throughout the issue, he is, he's not wearing a mask of any color. It's black. He's carrying all four sets of weapons on him. So there's no way of, of knowing who he is until the very last page, 
when he meets up with a uh, older April uh, O'Neill. It was it was pretty good, if not a little thin on the like the actual plot. Um, really, all you all you know throughout the the story is it, this turtle is infiltrating Manhattan. All you know is that the turtle is after the the, the new uh, master of the the Foot Clan, who is the uh, the grandson of Shredder. Mm. It's a lot of gritty internal monologues, um, but the but the art is actually was was really good. It was Eastman did the layouts. The artwork was done by I think I guess they're brothers, uh, Esau and Isaac Escor- Escorza. That's a mouthful. They uh, one of them penciled it, the other one inked it and colored it. But just really sharp looking artwork and. A lot of great action. Um, like I said, it, it thin on what the actual story is going to be, other than than this nameless turtle is you know infiltrating Manhattan, trying to get to to the the new master of the foot or the the master of the the Foot Clan in order to you know take him out. But that's uh, like I said, that's pretty much it. The the other thing, um, I I definitely. Uh, wouldn't have bought this on my own because it had an eight ninety nine cover price. Yeah. So thank you IDW for the for the for the preview for the digital uh, preview copy. But that's pretty that's pretty pricey for a. It's a hefty tag. Yeah. Um, so let me ask a spoiler question, and you'll laugh. But uh, did they kill the bad guy in the very first issue? No. Smart. So they, so they learned something, you know, over the years. They killed, Why was it? They killed Shredder in the first issue. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then they had to deal with that, you know, for however many hundreds of issues now. Yeah. And they're like, ah. Uh. Um, the interesting thing is there there are a lot of a lot of questions that there are no answers for in this first issue. Like, what happened to the other turtles? The one remaining turtle he's actually talking to the ghosts of his brothers throughout this issue. Like it's like, they kind of have been traveling with, you know, with him, they're dead, but he's talking to them. There's no, you know, thanks thanks to that ghostbusters crossover. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't, we don't know what happened to any of the, Supporting characters, um, like I said, April O'Neil does show up in the very last page. She basically reveals who it is because she says, "Well, oh, okay. why are why are you talking to yourself, blank? Yes, and, oh, or, okay. or 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 who are you talking to, blank? Okay, so yeah, I, I just found, I saw it. You you okay? So, but but this was, but I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot actually for for not really being a huge like you know I'm, I'm not a big tmnt reader i mean i i like i like the the turtles okay i i think i was i was reading the the issues for a while when um when when um dave wachter was doing the art yeah same and yeah but i've, I've never felt any particular affinity for the turtles you know i i really don't care one way or the other but this was this was a pretty good book it was it, I think you know anyone can pick this up and read it and, and enjoy it if you have just a passing familiarity with, yeah, yeah. with I the property. To, I wanted to add to this. Um, did you guys see the Toys That Made Us episode with the uh, Ninja Turtles? I Negative. did, but I don't remember it that well. They at the end of the issue or end of the episode, they reunited Eastman and Laird like for the first time in like 20 years, like it was something, it was something pretty big. I forget how many years, but it was, it was a pretty big event that they had not spoke or, or maybe, you know, politely spoke to, but they hadn't actually hung out and drew together and did mm-hmm. you know, the old Mirage studio. It's been, you know, forever. And they felt like it was a dream that was lost. And it's nice to see that they're doing something now, you know, and I feel like, if not for that show that, you know, they helped reunite them 
and maybe that's what birthed this project then, you know. So, I mean, in that, in that respect, it's nice to see them back working on a project together. Mm-hmm. So. Well, well, this might be a good, um, a good place to stop and take a break and talk about our other sponsor for this episode, thriftberg.com. And then we'll be right back to talk about some more comics. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftberg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftberg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit thriftberg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. Okay, we're back. And thanks again to Thriftberg for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to to check out uh, their hundreds of unique vintage items. And you can use the coupon code Comic Book Pit for a discount off your purchase. So uh, who wants to pick it up? I'll go because I can segue off what you were discussing before the break. I, uh, maybe, maybe you, you, you like that Ninja Turtle book. Um, mm-hmm. You just said that it was a first issue and it left you with a lot of, uh, it was a lot of setup is what it sounds like. Yeah. But, and you were kind of like, no, no payoff, but well, it's a first issue. So there's no payoff yet. So my hand fisted segue is a <laughs> book that had payoff that really wasn't worth the wait. Um, I'm talking about Batman Three Jokers, um, a book that's been heavily hyped. Yes, Scott Headland is correct. Um, a book that's been heavily hyped for about 35 years now. <laughs> and the, the three issues have finally come out. And while it's fine, it did not meet the hype that preceded it. Um, and I would say, I for one, I hope, I hope, I don't know, I forget all the, the personnel shifts at DC Comics, but I hope this is the end of Jeff Johns trying to be Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. Because we had to deal with it on Doomsday Clock, and we had to, and I dealt with it again on this book, and it's like, my dude, you're not. You, you're just not. It's like us trying to be like Mark Marin, you know? Uh, yeah. We can have drug problems and, and, cats but it doesn't that make it happen um like it's a in just the way like the one thing i like that it did do and in spoiler alerts um it does not answer who the joker is in fact it goes to make a point that that is the point of the joker is that he's not defined right so i appreciated that moment um there are three jokers and the idea is that the Joker, in fact, there's more than three. There's like an army of Jokers. The Joker is turning people into Jokers to just like fuck with minds. And then he builds like a hench army of Jokers there at one point. And he's trying, and then there's like this bit where in the series where he's like trying to make like a fourth Joker. And he was like, perhaps it was going to be Jason Todd. And then in the, it was going to be in this issue. It's like, it's Joe chill. Like he was going to turn Joe chill into a Joker. And, um, and then, but then, ultimately, he the Joker's like, no, it's like he wanted to take everybody off the board so that the Joker would be like Batman's like arch nemesis. And then the whole point is that you know the Joker isn't a, you don't know who the Joker is, blah 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 blah. And so there's one Joker left standing at the end, and then he goes to Arkham, and everyone goes along their merry way, and then Jeff Johns does a minor retcon of killing joke. And it turns out that the comedian's family did not die in a fire, but that Batman and the police put them in the witness protection and moved the boy, the mom and the boy to Alaska. Uh, and that's yeah. where I'm like, yeah, just, just stick to, hmm. don't stop trying <laughs> to be Alan Moore, Jeff Johns. Like you're not. And, and this is just like, whatever. I'm like, like, all right, whatever. Like, so that's, you're doing it. That was like your big twist. But I was like, it just, Anticlimactic, I would say, was how I describe the story. Artwork's beautiful. I'm not going to short shrift you know, Jason Fabuk or 
fat, whatever. Um, like I said, it took 35 years to draw these three books, <laughs> and I can see why. That's it, too. Like, every page is like a nine-panel grid, just about. Right. Not every page, but damn near. You're kind of like Doomsday Clock was. And it's like, stop, guys. You're not. You're not. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that. It's just, you're just, like, copying the formula. But, man, you don't have the, the soul to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like a, a weak sauce cover band trying to play something here. And, and you're just not it. Like, you can do your good little, like, three-chord riffs. You know, and and just like get your angst out, and and those are fine. But stop, stop trying to be something that you're not. Stop trying to copy these people who just did it naturally, mm-hmm. fucking forty years ago, and just, right. just be you, and don't be you being them. Just be you. Because <laughs> like this third issue, it felt like like a movie, and it just had like it's like big like action piece third act setup. And I was like, really. I like this this thing was like hype coming out. Like remember out of rebirth? It was like, oh my god, three jokers. Like he sat in the chair, like a three jokers. Holy shit. Like who's the <laughs> jokers? And then the revel- revelation is is that like Batman, he's a he's it's kind of funny. It's like really horrible, but kind of funny. And he's like, not to sound like people say I sound, but I'm Batman. He's like, I've known who the Joker was since the first week I fought him. And that's when you reveal that like got the family out of Gotham and put them in the witness relocation. Yeah. It's, it, it's like the, the promise never lives up to the hype. Like kind of like when the, with the whole, um, all the, all the prelude leading up to doomsday clock with the, the comedian's button and found in the, being found in the bat cave. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean that, that was cool and it got everybody talking, but then once doomsday clock actually showed up and you know, I, like you said, it was just, it was Bobo Allen Moore. There was you know, no was... payoff for that button. No, not because yeah. it took forever to get out. And then mm-hmm. so much had changed like in the real world that like that was, that was no longer part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Like there was at one point a plan to like do this big interweaving thing with like Watchmen and shit, but because it took 35 years to get completed, <laughs> Bendis came in and, and just was like me and Bendis, <laughs> and and was, and that was the end of it. The Action Comics came out last week too, and I was just like, oh, this is. Oh uh, yeah, I just get I, to the end of this. I don't know who. I guess John Romita just like fuck it. I'm Junior Junior. I just here's uh, a weekend. I did a book on a weekend. Give me money. I made kick ass. <laughs> I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> Well, I got I can probably transition off of this conversation into this <laughs> because you're the, I, you're the master transition. <laughs> I, I'm I learned from the master from Dan. <laughs> um, I am but the student. Um, no, but like just the way this conversation's gone, I actually moved uh, my book order and I uh, wanted to talk about Dark Knight Three: The Master Race at this point. Because, because we're talking about Batman, and we're talking, and we've been talking about, you know, like Ninja Turtles, and like creators coming back to old properties to, you know, to squeeze some more life out of them or whatever, you know, to wring out the the rag. Um, <laughs> and um, so, like, I've I've been sitting on this because, like I say, I've I, I had a long comic, a long box full of books that I never read. I picked up the Dark Knight three in one shot, and this guy this guy sold it to me at a show for thirty bucks for nine issues, and I was like sold. Mm-hmm. And I but I never read it until last week. Um, and um, I expected it. I'll tell you right off the bat, it's Frank Miller um, and Brian Azzarello is actually the main writer, I believe, from what I remember. Uh, a couple of years ago, I actually saw them at New York Comic Con when this book was coming out. Or, well, I saw Frank Miller. And he's just like, yeah, as long as they keep paying me, I'll keep coming up with ideas. You know, like, he was funny. But as long as I get a check. <laughs> and, you know, so he's like, I will help Azarello, you know. And um, so anyway, I finally get to read it and I'm remembering all this stuff. But I. But I'll tell you what, like this, I expected this book to be very grim 
you know, like given the Dark Knight history, I did not get that impression from this from this volume. Like I I thought this was actually very uplifting. Um, the he- like heroes can overcome anything. Like they like you get the sense that they love these characters. Like it's no longer about you know, Batman's old and, you know, you know, just, you know, grumbly. It was more like, I mean, and I'll, and I'll, it's a spoiler halfway through, but they literally. The five-year-old book, Scott, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm going to tell it. Yeah. Because you might want to read it then because of this too, but, but Batman is young again. Like they, they, they re- redo everyone. Like Superman, you know, is like a grouch in this, in this alternate, mm-hmm. this, he's no longer a grouch. He's 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 a happy guy again. Like he found his he found his feet again, you know. And um, well, and so I have a question. So did, Bruce Wayne. Scott, was it in this book that they dumped him in the Lazarus pit, or was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's actually what it was. He was uh, borderline. You know, of course, you know, you pretty much dead, but. Superman got him there in time, and when he jumped out, he was a young man. And was Superman frozen in ice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was miserable, and then he too got over it. You know, like it. I feel like, and they, and then throughout this book too, like they, it didn't really make sense, but they, they, just that it was like a one-page thing. The Flash is running through the city. And a Kryptonian, because that's the enemy, is um, basically... The, the bottom city of Kandor, right? The Kandor. Mm-hmm. The Kandorians. Um, yeah, or, it was definitely it was definitely like more, more of a, a sci-fi story than I expected. Yeah, it had less... And it had less to do with them as villains as it did just to, you know, just to really showcase the heroes again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought the villains, they were just there to be, you know, big, big, tough, you know, Superman that needed knocked down. Um, but it was also to set up like, you know, like new generations, like Batman's protege and Superman's and Wonder Woman's daughter, um, uh, you know, and their story arcs were more important. I thought in this one than anybody else. Um, but yeah, I actually walked away from this with like a really positive, you know, like a good feeling and like he, and I was like, is this a Frank Miller book? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Azarello also helped write it. So, but it was like they pulled him up out of the muck, you know, and I feel like maybe that's what, after so many years of them, you know, the you know, the dark age of superheroes, you know, everything's gritty, you know, they were just like, yeah, we're just going to, you know, we're done and, and these, these guys are happy now again. Like they've, re, they've reset. Even in this alternate timeline, they have reset the characters. And I was like, I can live with that. Like, I, I actually really enjoyed it. And I also enjoyed all the uh, mini-comics that were... Yes. That, for me, that, that was worth the price of admission. And I think they were all necessary, too, because they were, they were story bits that were relevant to the issue you were reading. The only they, thing I, I did they weren't it, all by Frank Miller. Some of them were done by other people, right? Or were they all by Frank Miller? I think they were done by by different people. Yeah, most of them were done by Frank Miller. But what I what I didn't realize is, is that you should read just for anybody going to read these. You should read them. Read the issue first, then read the mini comic. Like read them in that order. Um, because <laughs> I just barreled through them, and I literally I got to that split page, and I read the mini comic, and then I read the rest of the book. <laughs> <laughs> so, but by the by the final issue, you you should read the issue and then read the mini. Otherwise, it kind of spoils the end. I wonder how it's compiled in trade format. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, you know, well, I just I just read it in in trades, and I think yeah, I I think the the mini stories were interwoven in between like the issues. Okay, okay. So they were like, like at the end. Yeah, because it was like a it wasn't it originally like a nine issue series. Uh-huh. 
something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think in between each issue, there was like the side story. I also just want a quick shout out to the artist, um, uh, Kubert and Jansen and Anderson. I thought, um, especially Kubert. I used to not like his X-Men comics back in the nineties. Cause he did the weird mm-hmm. thing with the eyes. I never know which brother I'm talking about, by the way. I think Adam, the right one. I think, I think it's Andy. And, and, and if it's the one I'm thinking of, I'm the same thing, Scott, like I was never really a big fan of his work, but I will agree with you that he kind of, he kind of leveled up a little bit in, yeah. in, in this, like it was, it was a lot better than his previous work. Yeah. This is like probably some of my favorites from him. Um, you know, because I mean, layouts and everything, um, you know, the, uh, the loose, you know, that loose flow, you know, it didn't like, not like in the nineties, everything seemed pretty rigid, you know, everybody's articulated so well, but this one, it like, he played between the shadows and the, and the anatomy, you know, like a lot. And I think he, he really made a success out of it. My, I guess my takeaway on, on Dark Knight 3, it's been a few years since I read it, so it's not as fresh to me as it is to you. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you found like a commentary, like a greater commentary within it. Yeah. Because to me, it read just like a like, like standard fare. Um, I, I, like compared to the Dark Knight Returns or our, what was this that one called? I forget now. The Dark Knight Strikes Back. Dark Knight, yeah. Um, which are both just like, well, I mean, the Dark Knight Returns is kind of like on its own. It's like way mm-hmm. up here. Yeah. And then like Strikes Back. Yeah. Is, 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 I, is, I like yeah, it. Not for, good. for that very reason, I like it. You guys are like sitting here like, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, it's just. I skipped okay, it when it came out. You know, I remember when it came out, but I skipped it. And then I came back to it way later after everyone had shot on it. So my expectations were proper. Yeah, and I was like, "This movie's got nowhere to go for me." Like everyone says, it's garbage, but I just want to see what it's about, and, and so I was fine with it. Um, and this one just felt even more like just a superhero story. So I thought it was interesting that your takeaway was like a greater commentary than than just like yeah, it's tight. My take my takeaway is that you know that he is that they they really love these characters and they wanted to end. They wanted to leave them in a better place than where they had been. Like, instead of leaving them in the muck, you know? And that, I think that's what I got from it. And I will say, uh, Dark Knight, The Golden Child, what was my favorite book of 2019? Like, it's... I Not many books these days do I read multiple times. But that one, that one I did. I will definitely look for it then. That is uh, written by Frank Miller and drawn by Raphael Grandpa, and is so. If you enjoyed like the the optimism, yeah, of of this, you thought then you'll enjoy. You'll find that here, and it's and it's weird because like Frank after nine eleven, Frank Miller sort of became like one of those guys. Yeah, I know. But this book, like, like, it seems like reading the Golden Child, like he was no longer one of those guys. Right. I mean, I know there's been a lot of things said about him and, you know, whatever um, crazy thoughts he has, but I didn't get that from this. You know, I didn't get like, but also like I say, I, I know that I, I remember though that Azzarello was kind of the leader on this book too. And Miller was the advisor. Yeah. So, I mean, who's to say how far, you know, Azzarello, um, you know, which, which one had the greater voice in this book? Well, yeah. I, I feel like after what, what, what you said about, uh, about uh, Frank Miller post 9-11, that's when he did Holy Terror. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe doing that, he got, maybe he got all the, the anger and poison out of his system. <laughs> Yeah. Doing that, that, that possible, book. Yeah. because then, yeah, he came back. They said, Hey Frank, we want you to do another dark Knight book, but we're going to have another writer riding shotgun with you just in case, yeah. you know, you, you, you get all holy terror on us. I, I, I wish, 
I wish I had that Q and A with him from New York Comic Con. It was it was excellent. Like his his one word answers to things were like the kind of stuff you expect from a gruff old man. You know, like <laughs> it was great. It really it was like man, this is this is what I picture when I think Frank Miller. This is it. Because somebody would ask him like an elaborate question, he'd just be like, no. Next question. <laughs> he'd just yell it out. Next question. And or he'd or he'd say something like, you know, I just needed to get paid, you know, or I need a check. <laughs> well, like, kind of crazy stuff like that. Never. You can just tell everybody's kind of like. Hey, hey. <laughs> 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 but uh, now you know. I I think part of that too is just him. You know, like. I feel like reading this, I'm like, maybe there is a heart of gold in there, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah, go read uh, Golden Child. Okay. Right now. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Stop the podcast. <laughs> yeah, get off the show. Go get yeah. <laughs> go go get that book. Well, I don't, I'm afraid I do not have a good transition, Scott, so I'm just going to... All right. Sorry to disappoint. But uh, I did read G.I. Joe number nine by... Paul Auer and Ryan Kelly. This is a story where G.I. Joe is rebelling against a Cobra-ruled world, and they're the the resistance. Every issue has has basically been a like a like a one and done. Like they're telling an over an overarching story, but every issue is like a different mission or a different set of characters. That was cool for a while. I, I feel like now we're at the point where it's like, okay, now we got to start tying things together. This this issue was still good. It was there was a a team of Joes that went in for a stealth mission. They started getting picked off even before they hit the ground. Like, I mean, this was this was a this was kind of brutal. Like, Ripcord was dead before he even hit the ground. Like, they were airdropping in. Heavy duty bled out in an alley. Dial tone got electrocuted trying to trying to take down a communications grid. Did, I'm sorry. Did you say this was Larry Hama writing it? Or no, no, this is someone else. This is Paul Allor. Oh, that's this, right. Okay, I got you. Yeah, this is this is the book that almost it's like almost like a like an out of continuity oh, GI Joe. Oh, okay. And and a bunch of other Joes get you know it's like they they get like simultane like systematically they're getting taken out you know as the mission progresses. They they complete the mission, which is they destroy the factory that is building the com- the computerized brains for 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 bats. Oh. If you don't know what a bat is, it's the it's Cobra's battle android troopers. The best figure ever. Yeah, but they, they I will say I am disappointed in how they they, they changed the look for this comic, and they just kind of look like just very generic robots. Oh. Just just lame, just not nearly as cool as the original bats. Yeah. The last two guys that are trying to get out of this, out of this town are dusty and tunnel rat. And dusty says, look, only one of us can make it out. And the only way you're going to get out of here is, is through the sewers and you're better than I, you know, you're going to be better in that environment than I am. So he he and he he basically takes the choice out of his hands. He takes a grenade and runs in the opposite direction from Tunnel Rat towards a group of bats and blows himself up to cause a distraction. Whoa! Yeah. So 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 the rest of the issue is Tunnel Rat on his own with you know no backup, like very like hardly any any weapons to speak of. He's got like a pistol and a couple grenades. He's trying to avoid capture but he's also fighting bats and cobra vipers and it's just a great issue but like i said just really brutal this gi joe title has been great from issue one it, it's really been it, it's been a surprising book just yeah. the, the 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 kinds of stories they're telling i think you did review it before i think so this is issue nine i think i've talked about like four issues yeah. in this book <laughs> It means I got to check it out, probably. I think you should. It's it's really different. Um, Jared, yeah, I read one more book that I picked up when I was up home. Um, this book 
also from Image Comics. It's called The Scumbag. And it is written by uh, Rick Remender and drawn by someone else. They hid the credits on me. <laughs> well, it is, I, I feel bad because the, uh, the art was like the hook on this one for me to pick it up. Um, the prem, because the premise in the character Louis LaRosa, I don't know if it has that emphasis on the R or not. Um, so it's like uh, the premise definitely was like almost kind of a turnoff. When I first started reading, I was like, ah, what did I buy? Because it's one of those like shithead characters that's the hero of the story, quote unquote, the you know, the protagonist of the mm-hmm. narrative. He's like some dirty old like junkie biker guy. He's just like awful in every way imaginable, and it's all about him like trying to score a fix. And during the midst of trying to, to cook that fix, he stumbles upon like a fight between like two super spies over like a super soldier serum, and their needles get switched. <laughs> so when he thinks he's shooting up uh, his smack, he shoots up the super soldier serum. Then, like, the super spy thinks he's shooting up the super soldier serum, and instead he uh, stabbed himself in the heart with a needle full of smack, which was funny. <laughs> and so, and, and, and it's, the artwork, actually, the artwork is fantastic. The artwork is, is what, I, what I'm here for and what I'll probably continue getting it for, just because it's so vibrant and, and stylized and just beautiful artwork. And I mean the character. So there's like some story about like oh there's a bomb about to go off and like this guy now has to be like the uh, the guy that the secret like military organization has to recruit now to help stop it. But he's too busy just being like a selfish dick or whatever. So that like I said the the premise was not what I came for, but the, the artwork is, is definitely intriguing. It makes up for. It's not a knock against the writing. It's solid writing, but it's just not my own personal uh, preference of of of, of story. Um, so I, I'll give it a, I'll give it a go the next one just to see how I, again I, again Scott I don't know if it's ongoing or mini. <laughs> um, probably you. ongoing until it stops. <laughs> I'll ask you again in three minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd probably I'd, I'll circle back for number two. It ought to be coming out soon. Um, just because like it wasn't awful. I mean, it, it Rick Remender's not a bad writer, so he, he mm-hmm. does some pretty good stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. But yeah, it was just see the art. I again, I just can't say enough good good things about the artwork, and particularly some of the, the horrible moments that are that are portrayed in this book. Um, like with him, like trying to get his drugs and the fight between the, uh, the two super spies. It's uh, some very visceral uh, depictions. Mm. Yeah. I have this on my list. I'll have to, I'll have to read it now. I believe uh, image sent us a review copy of it. So you can sample the wares. Nice. First one's free. The next one will cost you. Yeah. yeah. Then you have to buy it forever. That's the rule. <laughs> That's how it works. You want to talk about more about Dark Knight Golden Child? Let me know because I. <laughs> He's like, I could talk all night. I do a daily podcast just about that. <laughs> Have I told you how good this book is? It's good. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that'll about wrap things up. I'll just do a couple of end of show notes. Just a reminder, you can find us on the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You can support us on patreon.com slash comicbookpit, where you can find our new uh, web comics and premium content, such as the R2Yen podcast with Link and Kate. You can help us out and rate and review Comic Book Pit. You can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. You can also uh, support the show by checking out our store on Spreadshop. 
If or you, you say make- the name of our show three times in the mirror, we will appear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or you can make a one-time donation in any amount to our Kofi account. Also, thanks one more time to the sponsors of this episode, Pittsburgh Comics and Thriftburg.com. Make sure to check them out and support them if you can. All right. Last- comics, number two comic book store in the region per the voter for uh, the readers of the city paper. That's right. That's nothing to bark at. That's right. It's one of our favorite stores. It's your, is it your, your weekly shop, Duke? Yeah, that's my home store. That's, that's yeah, my, that's my, that's my main squeeze. Um, <laughs> uh, is Pittsburgh comics. And my side squeeze is uh, heroes. Heroes Inc. and uh, Robinson. His, his side piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? They, they're, you know, like I have a longer history with Pittsburgh Comics, but Heroes is right down the street, too. So sometimes it's like, yeah, you just gotta mm-hmm. get a comic book fix, you know? So. And they're great people, too. So, you know, it's just one of those things. I'll just point out since this, this episode will be going up Friday, so. If you listen to this, you might have a little bit of time, but New Dimension Comics is having a big warehouse sale this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday out in Elwood City. I'm going to go out Saturday and and uh, rummage around, see what I can find. This is still that like bundle up where waiters. Well, yeah, it's nothing it's, to organize. Now, I don't mean to say right. that, that, that sounded bad. Uh, that sounded wrong. We're trying to promote them. And now I was like, oh, so it's going to suck. Um, <laughs> well, I've, well, I've, it's the one where you, it, it's rugged. It's rugged. It, if you're a rugged comic book fan. Yes and no. Uh, yes. Grab no. it on. So, so last, so I, I, I went out there last year and it is, it's literally, it's a giant warehouse and there, it's not climate controlled. They, they did last year. It was, I think it's colder than it was. It was colder last year than I think it's going to be this weekend. But they still had like, you know, space heaters placed all over the place and they had free coffee. And but, yeah, you were still encouraged to dress for the weather. So, you know, just be be aware that, again, you're not in a climate controlled building. So here's the deal. They spoiled me with their basement sale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nicole. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the warehouse sale and the VFW sales are definitely not for the faint of heart. You, you, you have to go there willing to get your hands dirty and uh, dig for, you know, for, for some gold. Because, uh, like Jared said, nothing is organized at these, uh, at these discount sales. Um, that's the beauty of the two, though. Yeah, that, that's kind of it. Like you, you know, you can you can roll up to a, a long box and you don't know what's in there, and it's beautiful. It's like it could be all garbage, or you could be like, oh, here's a whole run of Alpha Flight. You know, here's a whole run of this, like something that you really love. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so is if you this, enjoy the thrill of the hunt, is this a is this a dollar sale or is it a quarter or fifty cents? Like, so 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 here's here's the breakdown. If you go on Friday, everything's a dollar. Okay. If you go on Saturday, everything's fifty cents, and if you go on Sunday, everything's a quarter. Okay. Oh, that's it. I was so looking Sunday. I didn't realize though. Now it's sounding real good. Yeah. There you go. All right. And that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna stock up my my, uh, my boxes for the daily spinner rack show oh nice i mean that's that's kind of where i've i've gotten everything or, or everything i've reviewed so far has pretty much come from stuff i've picked up at a sale oh so, yeah either at a sale or one of our comic swaps but mostly mostly stuff from from the sales but yeah so all right yeah so i just wanted to throw that out there just so people knew like if you're looking for something to do this weekend and you you know you got plenty of time and nothing to do, you know take a ride out to Elwood City. I think the the warehouse is not in Elwood City. I think you maybe have to drive like a mile or two outside of the city. But if you go to like the New Dimension Comics Facebook or website, you'll you'll find it like the address and everything. Um, anybody have anything else? No, that's it. No. Okay. No. 
Excellent. All right. Well, read thank the, you. Read Dark Knight the Golden Child. Yeah. <laughs> read Dark Knight the Golden Child. Put that on my list. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been episode 371 of the Comic Book Pid podcast. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Scott. I'm going to find that book for a quarter. <laughs> and Jared. I'm serious. It's really good. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.